Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Now, as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she said to him, asked him, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. Our guest minister, Daniel Haas, last Sunday, wondered if when the cat's away, the mice will play. (laughs) I'm not sure about MJ and Nate and Rick, whether they would like to think that they are in this worship service as mice playing. I don't think so. I know I don't want to feel that way. Though, being a little light at times, John does that very well in his sermons, which I appreciate. Yes, I guess we have a very tall cat pastor. Sermons, which we appreciate. My wife and I, and I'm sure each one of you, and I'm sure we're looking forward to his return. But I'm glad to be with you this morning. Pause with me for a moment. Oh, Holy Spirit of love, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be guided By your words to the psalmist, be still and know that I'm God. Help us this morning to know that the healing of your love and care is with us in these very moments. Thank you. Amen. Psalm 46, that wars and weapons of wars ceasing psalm, that being still and knowing and experience God with us psalm. Psalm 46 is known as Luther's psalm. Surely we know from its opening words, God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble certainly inspired Martin Luther's great hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. 
Luther waxes eloquently. A mighty fortress is our God. A bulwark never failing. Our helper, he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. Yet, in this great hymn, in this great hymn, not one stanza, not a word, alludes to the last part of Psalm 46, which we are meditating upon this morning. Being still, or what I'm calling sacred pausing, inviting us to know and experience our caring, healing God with us, bringing us hope and peace that wars and weapons of war will cease. As the divine spirit of vibrant love can and will bring this about if we allow it. One has to wonder about Luther's omission, not mentioning about God's being still, that sacred pausing, knowing and experiencing God with us, the Spirit guiding us and journeying down the caring, healing road of recovery. Was such an omission maybe present in his life? A massive peasant rebellion against high taxes and oppression broke out in 1524 in Germany, raging into violence in 1525. And Luther's response, different from other Protestant reformers of the day, Zwingli and Munster, Luther condemned the peasants as robbers and rebels to be killed on sight. We will continue to appreciate very much all the accomplishments of Luther, one of our major Protestant reformers. However, it causes us to wonder if his railing against the peasant rebels reveals a serious blind spot, not only in his hymn, but perhaps in his life as well. This blind spot which is illuminated by that part of the psalm that we're meditating on this morning, being still, sacredly pausing to know and experience the spirit of love inviting us as a psalmist into our journeys down carrying healing roads of self and others, in ceasing wars within and without, ceasing the weapons of war. A clustered Zen Buddhist for 10 years. Sacred pausing, a second nature. Deborah Eden Tull, one of today's foremost mindfulness practitioners and teachers, astutely describes the situation in which we're living today. She writes, we are a humanity becoming highly technologically advanced, developing incredible systems for commerce, transportation, and defense, but actually still living 
in the dark ages, being conditioned in knowing ourselves as separate, not being vibrantly alive, interconnecting as the fabric of our lives on this planet. She continues. We find ourselves feeling drained by the state of the world, becoming tired of feeling powerless, becoming both fatigued by our own struggles and dissatisfaction. However, she goes on to say, there is a growing number who are wanting and some who are experiencing a deep connection and intimacy in all of our relationships. Are we among those? That growing number feeling a need as the psalmist to experience the sacred pause being still, knowing with our minds, but more than our minds, experiencing in the depths of our hearts and souls that in being still, God, the vibrant spirit of divine love and care, is with us, helping us, along with others, moving down roads of recovery, moving down the recovery of keeping us separate from the healing spirit love of God. How so very much today we need this sacred pause, this being still, Alongside the psalmist, knowing and experiencing God with us, divine love and care, healing us, guiding us down the road of recovery. Being still along with the psalmist, sacredly pausing, opening the door of our hearts and souls, listening as God speaks to us, I am the vibrant spirit of love and care who can lead you in leading others as I led the psalmist. To know and experience that I can and will make war cease. Breaking the bow and shattering the spears. Doing what our own Roy Menke did. Stop designing fighter planes and bombers of war. And begin designing spaceships of peace. When will we stop this insanity of hate and violence? The terrors of weapons of war, killing innocent children and teachers and school administrators in our schools. We are living in massive poverty across the world, politicizing bigotry in our own country. Terrorizing abuse and violence and prejudicial race and gender inequality and ignoring the very real threat of ecological disaster of this planet. When will we begin to wake up and be still? To sacredly pause, knowing and experiencing in our hearts in our soul of souls, that we can change the direction individually and in all the groups of which we are involved 
to live and move and have our being as we walk down the road in recovery. I believe that one of the most creative examples in our history of those journeying down the roads of recovery were the roads and the streets that the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. led those followers, those roads of recovery. There were many sacred pauses before they walked those roads. And some of the pausing, some of the energy of that nonviolent activism for justice was inspired by Mahatma Gandhi. Guess what inspired Gandhi in his sacred pauses that grounded his nonviolent activity of justice in India? What inspired Gandhi was the Sermon on the Mount, which he studied during his time in England. The Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' teachings in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, chucked full of sacred pauses, inspiring loving-kindness activism. What a road to recovery he led his followers. Feeding and healing the poor and marginalized, confronting the powers whenever and wherever there was injustice and oppression, modeling for his followers and following him, mixing and mingling with the outcasts, tax collectors, prostitutes, and the unclean and untouchable lepers. We certainly know what empowered Jesus daily in the mountains before he prepared for his ministry in a 40-day spiritual retreat in the Gospels referred to as being tempted by the devil. I don't particularly think that was all that was going on there. In the Garden of Gethsemane before going to the cross and on the cross itself. In each of these significant times and places in his life, he was empowered. He could walk himself and lead his followers down the healing roads of recovery because he was empowered by being still. Sacredly pausing as he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, Father, if it be possible to remove this cup from me, not my will, but thine be done. Sacredly paused, experiencing God with him, the vibrant, loving, healing spirit of love, empowering him, leading his followers. Then, as he leads his followers, you and me, today, down healing roads of recovery including an activism for justice. He led his followers in his commitment 
sacredly pausing even on the cross, going through that experience, which was a way of walking the road to recovery, even when it led to a cross. Closing now, I'm going to ask you to enter into a guided imagery experience. Sit relaxed, preferably both feet on the floor. Don't go to sleep. (laughs) Hands beside you are in your lap. Close your eyes, or if you prefer, look at a spot on the floor in front of you. Now take a deep breath. Hold it. Hold it. Now let it out. Again, taking a deep breath. Hold it. And let it out. Now breathing normally. In and out. In and out. In and out. Imagining now you are Martha, living in a small home in the small community of Bethany, a couple of miles outside of Jerusalem, living in the home with your older brother Lazarus and your younger sister Mary. Lazarus is not at home at this time, just you and Mary. You are excited. You've heard that Jesus will be traveling to Bethany, In fact, by now, he may already be in town somewhere, and it will be easy to find him because a crowd will be there, as always happens these days, wherever Jesus goes. The crowds flock after him because he is not only a masterful teacher, but feeds the hungry and heals the sick. You can't wait to go and see him. In fact, you've left Mary at home to clean up and start preparing the meal. For you'll be asking Jesus to come with you to rest and dine with you and Mary. Of course, he may have other plans. However, since he is a friend of your brother Lazarus, he may come. Your thrill. Jesus has graciously agreed, smiling now as he walks beside you and chats. Sorry that Lazarus won't be there, but so glad to meet and dine with his two sisters. As you direct Jesus through the passageway into your home, you immediately become angry. It is evident that Mary has not done a blessed thing in preparing for Jesus to come and visit and have a meal with you too. Mary, on the other hand, runs over to Jesus as he enters your home, cheerfully guides him to the best comfortable place and sits eagerly at his feet, looking up in awe and joy, waiting to hear every word Jesus has to share with her. Mary hopes her sister Martha will come and join her on the floor at Jesus' feet. She knows she has so looked forward to this moment. But you, Martha, just stand there, glowering at both Jesus and Mary. Angrily, you blurt out to Jesus, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? 
Tell her to get up and help me. Jesus calmly looks up at you from where he's sitting. And he says to you, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing which Mary has chosen. Please keep your eyes closed for a moment as I close in prayer. Lord, we confess that too often we are like Martha, worried and distracted by many things. Help us instead to join you first in being still, sacredly pausing, so that we may become empowered as you to rise up and follow you in the roads of healing and recovery. Going with you as we mix and mingle with your loving kindness those we often judge as not like ourselves. Help us, O Lord to travel with you down this healing road recovery. Help us right now, Lord. Please?